Holly Cotton here, and I am joined today by Amy Young, and Amy is going to share her story about Remington Hope, her daughter, and this is a topic that definitely tugged on my heartstrings, especially being a mother, especially knowing what it's like to deal with kids and, and the emotional distress and the ups and downs that come with them getting through high school, college, adolescence. And uh, Amy is, is basically continuing to share her story about Remington, who was a, a, a victim of suicide. And she's going to share that story and give us some insight into Remington and also sort of what their mission is now, how she wants to be the change and make sure that her story doesn't go unheard and keep her voice uh, keep her voice alive. So welcome, Amy. It's nice to meet you. Thank you. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for having me on today. Yes, of course, of course. So first, before we talk about all of that, give us an insight because I I, I love the reel that you did. You guys know I'm always stalking Instagram Explorer page for interesting topics to bring to you guys because I feel like there's there anyone can get on here and talk about stupid stuff, goofy stuff, conflict, pop culture, whatever. But I feel like there's just this gap obviously, in this needed knowledge of certain topics like this. And I was just scrolling on my Explore page and I saw this beautiful girl and I saw your video and it was like six months before and three months before and two months before and, and she's just smiling and she has this, just this sunshine. And I, I mean, I definitely can see it radiating through that. So before we talk about, obviously, the, the topic today. Tell us about Remington. Remington, that's pretty easy. I mean, you, what you see on that reel is really what you get. She is they actually, um, when you ask her friends and other people, um, that's one of the words that they use is sunshine. Um, we have a presentation we do to colleges and high schools and, and the presentation has a video. And when we interviewed people, that's what, that's what you hear. Um, she was very determined. She was a perfectionist. Um, and she was, you know, so sensitive and so kind and just, she was the, um, kiddo that was the, you know, anti-bully, anti, you know, racism, anti everything. And she just was so, um, she was so strong-willed in that way, but she was so soft-hearted for others, and she cared about others so much. And she wanted to, you know, go into my career, um, well, our career, I should say, um, into, you know, helping others with, you know, through medicine. And so that's what she was trying to do. Um, she was really passionate about um, cheer. Um, she knew since she was five that she wanted to be a KU cheerleader. Um, so she worked really hard at that, um, almost to a fault. I mean, she was in the gym so much, and but she was good at school. She was just an easy kid. I wish I could say, I mean, it's really sad when your mom has to go in and, you know, during high school and go say, are you ever going out with your, I mean, are you going <laughs> to do like normal stuff? That's who Remington was. She's just a really good kid. And she was my, my best friend. And she was a, she's a really good person. 
And let me ask you this because I have a daughter also, and I, I say she's my best friend too. It's just something about just having these relationships and, and, you know, and it's like being a parent is so hard. And, and I know I'm, one of my one of my friends sent me this uh TikTok one time and it it was it said be kind to your mom it's her first time being a mom too so it's like everything that you do you're struggling to know was this is this right am i making the right decision am i do is it you know is this detrimental to her what's going on so i know the 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 mission that you guys are or, or i guess the the targeted population that you guys are trying to do the raise awareness for is the student athletes. And so can you give us some of that, that side too? Cause like you said, you're an athlete, you're, uh, you know, um, her father was an athlete. She, 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 she didn't have a choice, but to be <laughs> yeah. like, we're, yeah, we're all athletes over here. And also yeah. Remington's father played for the Astros too. So, right. Isn't that. There's the organism. And yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's like, yeah, so you can't come into this house and not be athletic. Like, that's just what it is. So, so can you tell us about maybe some of some of that, like, of, I guess, stressors that maybe the kids felt, maybe she felt? Right? Yeah. And that is why I mean, truly, I truly do believe that a lot of this um, has to do with that. Um, you know, her taking her life. Um, I think it was that constant, you know, trying to be a perfection, you know, trying to, you know, achieve perfection. And she started when she was extremely little and, um, she was really, really hard on herself, um, in every way. Um, but mostly her, her sport, um, she did it competitively and she was really good at it, but she had, she worked and she worked hard. Um, so you saw, you know, where she would miss out on things, you know, it's the typical stuff where you miss out on other stuff and being with being what they call a normal child, um, you would, you miss a lot of that. And so it's doing homework. It's, you know, then going to the gym until 10 o'clock at night, you know, things like that. And it's, it's a lot. And so, um, I saw it, you know, myself, you know, had I, had I had the same stuff going on in my brain, you know, moving 1400 miles away from my family to play ball here in, in Wichita, Kansas, I, I probably, I don't know where I'd be right now, you know, cause some of those stressors are so great. You know, you have to, you know, you, you want to look a certain way. You want to be able to be in top shape and all these, and you're practicing and you're trying to get good grades and, you know, there's so many stressors and you, and when you have a perfectionist, you know, and someone who you just doesn't see themselves as, you know, beautiful, good, kind, you know, talented, all the different things. And she never did. And so it makes it tough. It does make it tough. So I started, you know, when I started getting the, the, you know, the comments of, you know, from people after she passed, you know, I, I, why her? I can't believe her. She was, you know, so beautiful, so perfect. So this, so that she was always happy. You know, it, it really showed me a lot about, you know, what people really thought the stigma, you know, it's, it's not the kid in the, you know, black all the time sitting in the corner all by themselves. It's, you know, someone who hit it so well and you just don't know. So I think the mission for us was just 
to show people what this can look like, you know, what, what depression and anxiety looks like in a, in someone in sports. And it's not just for, you know, athletes. We want every, we want everyone, you know, to be able to get, take something from our, our site and what we're doing on our presentations. But, um, it was just easier for me to focus on that because it did affect myself. It affected her father when he was done with sports. You know, he, you know, we all spiral a little bit. We don't know what else to do when you work so hard at something and you have success at it. You know, once you're done, you don't know what to do with yourself. You're like, what, what do I do now? And so, you know, for Remington, when she had that injury and then didn't make the team, you know, five days later, she's gone. Well, I think that says a lot. And this was from somebody who had already tried to take their life and was very, you know, struggling every day just to, you know, just to make it through and just to make it through. So, so we started this, um, you know, to go around and to, you know, show people what this really looks like, what it can look like, what, you know, what the stigma is, what we need to do and how, you know, how can we, how can we help really, you know, where, where are the, um, where are the cracks in the system and what can we do to help? So that's what we're doing. And how long ago was it that she passed away? It was, um, May of 2022. So, so just a little over a year. Yeah. Was. So let me ask you this. Um, Amy, I know, um, again, I have a daughter as well, and, um, my daughter is about to be 19 and I know it was, it was rough going through those teenage years. I still feel like it's rough going through those years. And I feel like my daughter, so we did get some counseling for her because, you know, I, I felt like she needed someone to talk to and, me being a problem of probably a lot of the, <laughs> the issues in the house, she wasn't just going to come and be like, mom. So, you know, and she, and she, I try to teach them to be advocates and talk for themselves and stuff, but still there's a level of respect where it's like, you're doing this, or this is making me feel this way, or I'm depressed because you're doing this. So it was a struggle for me because I never really, I don't, I can't find any points in my life where depression or anxiety or any type of, you know, um, any, anything I had to do with my mental health. Like, I just feel like I've always been able, I was taught, suck it up, get over it, move on. And I, and I'm that way. So it made me insensitive to my own child because now here I am the mom that's like, I, I, we didn't have time to, 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 to play around. You had to get it together. You had to make movies, you had to do stuff. And then now I have this, this daughter that needs me to be sensitive. And it was so hard for me to relate. So I'm like, listen, maybe you need to go talk to someone because I don't want anything to happen. So do you feel like you, any of that resonates with that? Uh, oh, dude, so much. I can't even tell you. Cause we went from, you know, this kid that you didn't think anything was going on to, you know, just this huge spiral. And I didn't know what to do. And I, like you, I was taught to rub dirt on it, suck it up, Amy, just, and I did that. And I just, I made it through. And so it did make me insensitive. I didn't know a lot. I had a huge learning curve with all this. And so, 
Yeah. I mean, that's exactly how I was before I started all of this um, from, you know, her first attempt in trying to figure out how to get her help, you know, being away from me. I was living in Texas at the time and she was at KU and I'm trying to figure out how to get her help. And, you know, she's seeing somebody three to four times a week and meds and this and that, and, you know, not being there and not being able to, you know, help her. I, I've always been able to control that, you know, that whole situation and, and to not have any control over that and not know what to do. It was really hard, really, really hard. Well, and you know, I think also because Amy is also a nurse and, and so I think for us being in, in healthcare is so different than being in psych because healthcare is you, your blood pressure's high, let's get it down. You have a cut, let's suture it that we have this, there's an answer for it. And then when you start dealing with things and and with mental health and psych, it's like, oh my gosh, there's no definitive way. And every person is completely different. There is no care plan (laughs) for it. Like there's no, you do A, B, and C because this person is, (laughs) so it's so hard to, to relate to that. And I think even us, because we're so analytical as nurses, bam, 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 this is how it is. Okay. This is what we're doing. I think that it's, it's hard. And I've, I've really done the same thing. I've tried to use her, her, my son, you know, to kind of help me. Okay. Well, maybe my thought process is off. Maybe I need to figure it out. Maybe I need to be a mental health advocate. Maybe I need to start these things. So I totally, totally sympathize with that. Now, can you tell us and share as much as you, you feel comfortable sharing, but can you kind of, because what I want to do is I want to be able to take a clip from this whole episode and I know that there are parents that are struggling just like we we are and you may have a child that's going through something right now that one you may not know about it or two you don't know how to help you don't know warning signs so I want them to be able to take this and 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 go wow that relates to me so maybe I can do this or you know sometimes that hindsight you're like wow you know maybe I could have did this or I could have done that and and so just would you just share with us as much as you want to about you know when Remington actually took her life how that was the days before and then you know like what that process was when you found out no problem um i actually do a presentation on all this so it's um pretty you know i i have this down i think um i'm going to start a little bit earlier than that because i do think it's important to know the whole story um because it really does it i think it would show someone what to watch for what was happening with her Um, And it started back um, before she even went to college. Um, She was a senior in, you know, eh, and really junior to senior um, where she was wanting to try out for the KU, you know, cheerleading. Um, She knew what she had to do to, you know, get there. She was really worried about her weight. She was worried about what she looked like. She was worried. And so she worked really hard. She wasn't eating. She wasn't, you know, she was super um, that whole last year. um, What I did notice is that she was extremely um, anxious. The anxiety was out out of control. I mean, crying all the time, um, just like I can't get this done, mom, and I can't do this, and I I want you know. And it was that it was that whole I'm I may get an a, you know not an A I may get a B, and so it freaked her out, and you know that all of that. 
And so some of the pressure was relieved when she made the team when she found out and that was, you know, good. But so, you know, like I said, some signs there, um, but, you know, going into her freshman year, you know, because I saw some of that, you know, we ended up um, getting her on some medication. Um, I sent her to, you know, the doctor and they put her, you know, on an antidepressant um, thinking that that might help. And so that's, I mean, we did what I did, what I thought I could do, not really knowing and not really understanding, just, you know, again, throwing a med at it, like a lot of times we do. Um, you know, so she went off to college and she, to be honest, she killed her freshman year. I mean, she was on top of the world, you know, she was, you know, doing really well cheerleading. She had made the national team. She was the only freshman to ever do that there. I mean, it was a big deal and she was really doing well. Um, you know, going into, you know, the issue that you, that we see too. And I don't, because I saw a lot of this beforehand, I'm not going to, you know, say that 2020 was a lot of it. Um, COVID and all of that, um, when they had to come home, I do know that that was a piece of it. Um, it wasn't, it didn't make it any easier. I can tell you that. So they had to come home and, you know, they, I saw her sit around a lot. She laid in bed forever and I, it just wasn't my kid. She had gained a lot of weight. Um, she just, she wouldn't talk to me. I didn't know what was wrong. And so when she went back that sophomore year, um, she had made the team again, um, you know, she even made captain, which they had never have a, had a sophomore captain. So it was pretty, it was a big deal. It's, and I think it says a lot about who she is as a, as a person. Um, she's a great teammate. So, you know, she was proud of herself, but she just couldn't get it. You just could see the, you know, the anguish and, and some of that. But I thought, okay, well, she's back at school, you know, in her element. Well, they get there early, um, you know, the cheerleaders do, um, to, you know, get their routines down and all the different stuff that they have to do. So she went early and she did all her stuff. Her roommates came and I got that dreaded phone call that she had tried to take her life, um, from her roommate's mom, who's a friend of mine. And, you know, I was floored. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know what to do. I was, you know, I was far away and I had to figure out how to go get her and see what, you know, see what to do and all the different things. And I didn't know. So, you know, we put her, they told me when she went in, she was bad. Um, the only thing that saved her was that she was had, what they had done was they gave her 90, which why anybody would give anyone 90 of anything when the, you know, the actual diagnosis is depression. It's crazy to me, but that's actually what happened. And she took every one of those and ended up vomiting. And it's what made her, um, you know, it helped her. I mean, to where she was able to get through it. She hallucinated. She did all kinds of stuff, but she ended up um, in the hospital. They wanted to institution. They wanted to keep her there. Um, she promised everyone she would go get help outside. She was so scared. The one thing I can still remember to this day is that she was so scared of not making the team and not being on the team and them finding out and what are they going to think? And I'm not going to, that was almost unreal. You know, how, how worried she was about that part of it. And so 
we went ahead and we got her help. Um, you know, she went to, I had to call, I didn't know what to do. Um, and so I called some different private places and, you know, got her in and she was seeing somebody three to four times a week, put on a bunch of meds from a psychiatrist and, you know, it, it was working. I'm, I can tell you right now that the, the moral of this entire story is that that stuff works. I mean, therapy, um, it worked for her. I mean, 100%. And she would tell you every day, mom, today's tough, but I'm working it. You know, I'm getting through it. I'm going to, I'm good. You know, I'm going to get through this. But she was seeing somebody quite a bit. Well, you know, come, you know, junior year, she gets hurt first thing, um, which I knew was going to be a spiral. And it was, um, she was supposed to be out all year. She had terrible ankle injury. And so she was, I went, actually, I was living in Texas and I, I went back and stayed with her for almost a month. I was so scared. I knew she would go backwards and, um, she, she did. I mean, she wasn't doing well. Um, but you know, we all thought she was seeing somebody. Um, anyway, um, I can get part to that part of the story in a minute, but, um, senior year, uh, you know, they told her, so she, she was off the team. Um, you know, told her to go back out for it and, you know, all the different stuff she'll make it. So she worked her tail off to get back on that team through pain and everything else. Cause they didn't fix the cartilage and they did that on purpose because they wanted her to be able to get back into it if she wanted to. And he said it would hurt. The doctor was like, this is going to hurt like crazy. And it did. It was, you could, she did it through tears and she did it through all that, but she made it through and, and she was cheering you know, really well. And she was tumbling. Well, she ended up, um, for whatever reason, not making the team that year, which was crazy. She had been the captain for two years prior and it was just kind of strange, but, um, cause even when she got hurt, they still voted her captain as a junior. So she wasn't even, you know, so it was a little crazy, but her grades had went, you know, spiraled and everything just, went backwards that junior year. And so I was there a lot. When I say, I don't know how I kept a job, I'm not sure how I kept a job because I was there so much junior year. Well, senior year, when she found out she didn't make it, I knew that I, I didn't think that was, she was going to make it through that. I was so scared. So I just, I said, I'm putting you on a plane right now. And she came home quickly and, um, seemed okay when she got here. She just said, mom, I'm not going back to KU. I, all I know are cheerleaders. I don't want to see that place again. I can't. I was a cheerleader there. That was, you know, basically her identity. Her identity was as a cheerleader and a KU cheerleader. And that's, she really was so proud of that. And so when that was taken, I don't think she knew what to do, you know? So she ended up, um, you know, coming home, and she seemed okay. She was looking into classes to take here there in Texas with me, um, finishing up her degree and wanting to go be a PA or go into nursing. At that point, she didn't. She just wanted to go into one of those things. And she uh, she was doing the work. And she had an interview to go, you know, be a nanny for someone there in Texas for all kinds of different stuff. Um, she did that within the first couple of days, and then um, that fifth day. 
um, she, that night we had went out and had fun. She wanted to go and, you know, let her hair down and she, I thought she needed it because all the stuff she had been through. So we did, and she got home and, you know, I, the next day I found her and, um, my life was changed forever. Oh, you made me cry too, <laughs> Amy. Um, no, 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 no. I'm obviously anybody that listens to that story is definitely emotional. So how life after, let's talk about life after, because obviously we've talked about Remington and we talked about everything that she did. So how are you functioning? Like how, cause you're talking about, you're talking about a year and a half. And I literally, it's so funny. Cause I literally just I, like, I, I was telling my son and he's, he's about to be 24. And I was like, listen, I know that I'm hard on you. I know that I want you to be this overachiever or whatever. And I know it's a lot of pressure, but I also want you to know that, you know, that's my job as your mom. Like I have to guide you. I have to give you tough love. I'm not going to be the person that's just always going to tell you that you're doing everything right because it's wrong or you're going to mess out. You're going to go in this world and and no one else is going to tell you that. And so I always say it in a place of love. And I want you to know that if anything ever happened to you, I don't know how I would go on in life like if anything happened to you as hard as you know I know you think it's I'm always but if anything ever happened to you you know I would be inconsolable I don't know how I would function so the fact that Amy Young is sitting here smiling (laughs) and 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 telling this story today you know I I want to also address that because there's so many parents especially now because teen suicide, adolescent suicide, young adult suicide, those rates are like insane. And, and so, and there's, and, and, and there's all these parents that are left like you now, what did I do wrong? What are my regrets? What could I have done differently? I shouldn't have left her. I shouldn't have did this. So how, how is life after for you now? Well, I'd say, you know, every day is a struggle in some way, but, you know, basically in the very beginning, it was just trying to make it through the next hour. You know, you just try to make it. And I think that I went and spent a lot of time at her favorite place, which is a beach house that we have in California, because that's where I'm from. And I went there, I went to her favorite place and I just, just dove into that. And I, I got all of my crying, you know, everything I, and I just made a decision that you know, we were going to do something important that her, her life wasn't going to be just that, you know, it wasn't going to be, she's the girl who took her life. It was going to be, she's the girl that saved some lives because that's what she would want. So we ended up, you know, the first few months were really hard. I moved back um, from, from Texas. I moved, I was not functioning well in Texas. I just didn't know enough people. And, um, you know, I had been here for, you know, whatever it was a long time, 30 years or whatever it was. So, um, I came back to Wichita and to be with friends. Um, and that is what I've done. I, when I say that I just decided to do so, you know, after looking at the different things that were coming through on DMS and emails and people saying what they did to me, I just, I made a decision that, I needed to make her life count. Not that it didn't when she was here, but, you know, I needed to make this, this death mean something. And, you know, cause I didn't want another mom. I don't want anybody else to have to go through it. 
Because, yeah, every day, I think the hardest thing, what people don't realize is that to lose a child is one thing. Like, we all get that, to lose a child. But to lose a child is something like suicide. It's a different, you know, it's a different breed. It's not, I can't go into a normal therapy group with people that have lost kids to cancer, to different things. There's a level of guilt that we hold as parents with, you know, that is just insurmountable. You cannot get through it. You just can't. Um, I carry that daily. I think that's probably the hardest part is, you know, not just not having her here, but it's that. It's the guilt. So I guess what I do each day is dive into, you know, dive into that, the foundation, and I try to help others. You know, I go and I do presentations. We raise money to put counselors in schools. That's what we're doing now. And I spread her story because her story was important. And I think it's, it is, it's saving people. And I know that for a fact. And that's, that's what gets me through. That is. Well, I know that it's tough. I know that it's tough sharing her story. I know that just, just, and then I think that what makes it tougher is because you, you always, you see, and, and it's so funny because I was actually, I had a conversation with my friend this weekend. And, and so I was, we were talking about having adult children. And, and I said that, you know, I forget that my son is about to be 24. And I know you have Mm -hmm. a son also, but every time I look at him, I see this two-year-old or I see the five-year-old and, and I never see him as a man. And then I have a daughter now and she's second year of college. And I still see her as, you know, the little ponytails in her hair. And so as you're telling the story, you know, at the beginning, you could see that's what you're like, you're envisioning those stories of Remington. Like you're talking about her and you're seeing that that's your baby and, and, and that's what's going on. So I, I just, I, I definitely, I'm, I'm just, I'm so in awe of, of your strength for it. And I, I definitely like, you definitely move me. <laughs> I'm a big sap anyway, so it doesn't take much to make me cry, but you know, I just appreciate that you did give us that insight because telling that story right there, I mean, that just, it took so much strength for you just to be able to, to say it. And I know you, you've said it numerous times, but that doesn't mean just cause you say it a hundred times, it makes it easier to talk no, about. People it, think know? that it does, but it, yeah, it doesn't. It's every time it just takes a piece of you almost. Mm-hmm. So but I do, that's mm-hmm. right. it's what I'm just, I feel like that's just what I'm called to do now. Um, for whatever reason, this was, you know, Remington's, you know, her, her journey and it's what mine is now. Well, you're Thank doing you. a great job. You're doing a great job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just the last, last question is just about the, the foundation that you guys have now and, and how people can support you. What exactly, I know you've kind of given us a little, a little insight into you guys are doing this, you're doing that, you're educating, you're doing this, the scholarship or the whatever, you know, so just give us uh, like just completely about what it is that you guys are doing, your mission statement and how people can support it as well. Um, You know, honestly, for the mission is to, um, you know, to put it in a nutshell, it's, you know, to break the stigma 
um, and to, you know, let people know Remington's story and, and what, what has happened um, and what can we do to learn from this. Um, so I think that with the foundation, there's so many different, it's so new, you know, I feel like we've just kind of taken off pretty fast um, considering how fast all, you know, everything, you know, came about and, you know, I'm a nurse by trade. I don't know anything about this foundation stuff. So it's a learning curve as well um, for all of us, um, you know, just learning from, you have to have a board and what do you have to do and you have to have meetings. And so, um, you know, each, each time that we meet and each time we're just trying to figure out what is, what's most important out there? What is our, what is our end goal? And I, I can, I shared with you before a little bit of some of the goals. Um, I have some lofty ones, but there's also, you know, right now it's just getting into the schools, um, you know, colleges, high schools, um, and talking about her story and, you know, what that looks like, um, what, what that can look like and what to watch for and who to, you know, who to call, who to talk to, you know, those kind of things. Um, you know, it's, I usually tell before I say anything, when I do the presentation, I tell them it's a cautionary tale, um, for everyone just to really, you know, be kind, you know, talk to your friends. Um, you know, you never know what someone's going through, even though they have a smile on their face. So we talk a lot about that. Um, so I go around doing that. We also have been having, we've done events, um, where we raise money, Right now, our big one was raising quite a bit of money for um, to put some counselors in um, Remington's um, school district that she went to. Um, we were putting counselors in there for the elementary. When we asked, when they pulled the, the teachers on what they needed throughout the whole district, they had decided that that's to start that early. That's I think that says a lot, and I think that that right there should tell people and should almost scare people a little bit that, you know, when you poll teachers, they think that counselors need to be put in elementary schools because the, that's where it's starting sometimes. And so, again, we're trying to do that. Um, we're putting ambassadors, we're hoping, in colleges, um, hopefully starting with KU, um, that can be on teams and, you know, help their fellow teammates um, look for things, be a person to talk to, um, you know, to bring awareness, you know, those kind of things. Um, we're also trying to do, we're hoping for scholarships along the way too. That's um, one of the lofty goals because, you know, that just requires money. And so that's what, you know, you try, the end game is always that, just getting money so that you can give it to other people. That's basically what it is. And um, that way, and it, with that, comes, you know, awareness and learning and, you know, all the different things. So some of the loftier goals I have is that um, one of the things I never really shared is, you know, I found out after Remington passed, um, I was talking to her therapist because I wanted to let her know that she had passed. Well, she said, oh, Amy, I haven't seen her in a year. And I said, what? I had no idea. Well, she had quit because of the cost. Um, she didn't want to hurt me with the car. I was already paying for KU. She didn't want to hurt me anymore. Um, being a single mom and all that, she was worried about me. And so instead of going and doing what she knew she needed to do to live, um, she didn't go anymore and just didn't, didn't say. And so, um, 
I think we need to look at a, a very flawed system. Um, I am a mother of a, I lost a child and I have, I had 12 visits that I can go to before I have to pay a bunch of money to go see somebody. Um, that's absurd. Mm-hmm. I could have used that up my first two weeks and anybody mm-hmm. can that's right. in crisis. And so we need to do better. So I'm trying to get with people on that to go and stand on, you know, stand on the hill, you know, and do the, do the stuff we need to do to change law, change policy, change whatever we need to. And then some of the other goals, one of the biggest goals is, um, besides that, is to put what we call um, hope centers, um, hope being her middle name, um, as well as the acronym for um, hold on pain ends. Um, I think it's important. Um, so we would love to put hope centers um, at some of the any school that needs it. Right now, we were aiming for obviously KU and then WSU because that was my alma mater and um, some of the schools that needed it. Um, you know, someplace for kids, student athletes, students to go to to get um, low cost, if you know, free care and mental health help. Um, you know, somewhere to go that they don't have to worry about, especially student athletes um, that don't have to worry about, am, is my coach going to, you know, bench me because they think that, you know, because I'm hearing a lot of that mm-hmm. when you have something like this happen, people confide in you. And I have, mm-hmm. you know, I have athletes confiding in me that this is still going on. It's awful. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have, you know, coach. That bias is definitely there. That bias is there because if, if someone feels like you you can't handle stress or you can't handle uh you, whatever you're gonna have anxiety or you're gonna flake on the game or you're gonna do this or how are you gonna handle that for the championship or whatever, there's definitely that that negative stigma about there. So spell out the the website or where people can go because I also post the audio. So someone might be running on the treadmill right now, <laughs> listening to this. So spell okay, out anything. Um, also. The website for our stuff is pretty simple. It's um, www.lovelikeremy and it's L-O-V-E-L-I-K-E-R-E-M-I.com. And it's, that's our foundation, Love Like Remy. And um, pretty easy to go on there. Um, there's places to look for help. Um, you know, there's places to look at what we've been doing and, and resources and different things like that. And there's a place to donate. We also do pay it forward cards where we give, um, cards out, you know, we'll go through, let's say a Starbucks and we'll pay for somebody, you know, behind us and we'll give them, tell them to give them that card. And it tells her story gives a little QR code to get to our site, um, just spreading. And that right there has been the, the biggest, you know, surprise how people look at you and go, you have no idea how much I needed this right now. So it's pretty, it's, it's been eye opening um, to say the least, but it's been rewarding for something that was so tragic for sure. So just to close, because I know that there is someone that can definitely relate to what we've talked about today. Maybe they're struggling with, with their own child. Maybe they're Mm -hmm. struggling themselves. So for the last words, what I want to ask you is 
is there anything that you would tell that person that maybe now along your grief journey, along you, your growth journey, healing from what happened, is there anything now that you feel like I wish someone had told me this and maybe I would have done something differently? Do you feel like there is any anything or some some type of advice or something um, like that? If we're referring to Remington, um, yes, I would have um, mm -hmm. I would have definitely I would have changed the way I dealt with it in the very beginning. Um, I would have got her into therapy. I would have paid much more attention to medications, therapy. Um, I would have just taken it so much more seriously. I just really, she always had a smile on her face. You know, it was just, sim it's that simple. It's, she just didn't look like the kid that was having, and she always had the smile on her face and helping everybody else out. So I just didn't know, you know, I, I would have taken it much more serious. Um, that's the guilt that I carry. Um, even though we got her help, I felt like it was, you know, it was late in the game. Um, and then the other thing I feel guilt is just, you know, again, sliding off on all that and not making sure she was, you know, no, you can't be there every second. And that's the hardest part. Um, but I think I would have, I would have done something different there. I feel like I just kind of let it slide cause she seemed like she was doing okay again. Um, you know, they can hide this stuff so well. And, and when someone's fighting with this stuff, you know, it is, it just doesn't go away. It doesn't just one day, you know, go away. And I think that that's, a huge piece of my learning and all of this that just one day they're not just all better, you know, even with meds and therapy every day, like she said, every day is a fight mom, but I'm working it. I'm working the program. I'm doing what I'm doing, supposed to be doing. And today I'm okay. And she would do that every single day. So that's what I would tell somebody and that therapy and meds, it does work, you know, and, and getting them in and talking to somebody, um, have, letting them have some place to go that, you know, it, and that's the things that need to change, you know, making it more accessible um, and more resources and things like that. And we need to start at an earlier age. Um, we don't realize what we're doing to our kids these days. And, and it starts so early, you know, like the I know. Right. And it's, and it's that whole, it's the whole, we're kind of like this sandwich generation because you have such extremist views of our parents. And then now you have these extremist views of our kids and we're caught between trying to take this, but now we're trying to change. Now we got to figure it out. Now I got to deal with this. Now I have to be sensitive, but I wasn't, you know, so we have all these traumas that we, I don't know how I made it out of childhood with my parents. Cause they were like, and what? Okay. Right. Exactly. What do about it's it? So true. So true. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I will also have all of Remington's information, all of everything that Amy was sharing with us uh, about all of that will be clickable links as well. And then I'll also have like your Instagram and all of those things in the podcast notes as well. So thank you so much, Amy, for sharing your story. And hopefully 
this will impact someone. It will maybe give someone that, that information that they need, or, or maybe it could be a kick in the butt for someone who their, their, you know, their child could be going through something right now. And I say child, because you're a parent forever. So I'm be 82. You're yep. still my child. <laughs> you know, So, so it could be whatever, wherever they are in their lifespan, you know, that, maybe this is a wake up call for that person. Like, Hey, you know, you need to pick up on those red flags and those warning signs because it could be something that, you know, you're definitely undermining or belittling. So this is Miss Amy Young, you guys, and we are keeping Remington Hope's life and, and, and everything that she stood for alive and, and she's going to be here. So she's on Holly Cotton conversations now. So she's solidified. Thank Her story is here forever too. So thank you, Holly. I appreciate thank you, it. Thank you, Amy. Take care. Yeah.